Hey everybody, this is Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast. First of all, I want to give a shout out to our main sponsors, Rising Suns, the award-winning brewery in Cork. If you're around, please call in and savour some of their beautiful beers. I've all the lads from the grief here, uh, Cork lads as well. So have any of you had a chance to go into the Rising Suns and taste some of their lovely beers? Plug, plug, plug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. Okay. I was probably in there within the first week they were open. But it, really? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, it's it's a nice, spot, yeah. yeah, me, Daz, and a few other ones. Yeah. Good stuff for the don't know if they're in Switzerland now. So well, there's only one way to find out. <laughs> you can take a few takeaways over there anyway, Steve. Mm. Yeah, right. yeah, I think you can order. Right. Let's get into the details. I've the grief here. I've got Steve over in Switzerland. I've Paul, the guitarist, and. I have Kieran there on base. Welcome to the show, lads. Thanks for joining me. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, I was going back over previous episodes. I was going, when was the last time I had the grief on? I was thinking, yeah, it must have been around 2021 when kind of COVID. Yeah, I remember myself and Steve in the room next door here, actually. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's good. So you can research that. I'm sporting a Body Drinkers t-shirt tonight, lads. I don't know. Did you notice that? Nice. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll maybe talk about your uh, gig in Fred Zeppelin's there. It's a few weeks mm-hmm. back now. How did you feel coming into it? Were you nervous enough? I suppose with Steve being in Switzerland, maybe develop that, Steve, in relation to when was the last time you saw the lads? And I, uh, I mean, I wasn't seeing them too often. Yeah. Like, I come back every now and then, once or twice during the year. Actually, it seemed mostly to go and do a bit of recording in John's place, and then afterwards okay. meet family and stuff like. But <laughs> priorities. You know, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but we hadn't. We I don't know if we'd ever actually jam that stuff out. I mm. think because of COVID and everything, we'd mm. kind of just assembled the songs, and same as last time, I kind of put on the vocals towards the end. So yeah, the first practice that had all of us there, including um, Barry Tron. Um. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, the day before. <laughs> it couldn't have been. The day before the gig? Yeah, yeah. Before, yeah. yeah. I flew in Wednesday night, and then we, we went out kind of earlier from just after work on Thursday. We went mm-hmm. through the set twice. So, yeah, I, to be fair, I, I did feel a bit nervous because, like, we hadn't, you know, I, I just put, put down the vocals and written the lyrics and then not thought about it for many months afterwards. And then suddenly yeah. we had a gig, you know. So Yeah, we were watching Shadows Calling, Shout out to Jen and all the lads there. The great support band actually during the night. Really cool. And mm-hmm. myself and Steve were watching, and I don't know. Do you remember you were going? Has she kind of got some board holding up the lyrics? Oh yeah. Remember that? And I was going. Yeah, she does. Yeah. And Steve was going. Fuck. What if I forget <laughs> the lyrics? Because now nah, you'd be grand. You'd be going. Jesus yeah. Christ! I got so many lyrics to remember. Yeah, That's yeah. A good idea. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you you, killed it, man. You were fucking great. There was no worries in the end. Like, you know, Cheers. fair play to you. And uh, we have to give a shout out. I, yeah, that's how the whole thing helped. The body drinkers, they were absolutely brilliant, weren't they, lads? Yep. Yeah, Savage sure stuff. stuff. Yeah. Fantastic music. Did you enjoy that, yeah. Karen? Would that be your cup of tea? Uh, in what? I mean, I'm kind of in between probably where we sit. Uh, as the grief kind of sits in between body drinkers and uh, you know the shadows, so I'm more of the slow tempo kind of guy. But I mean, you could feel it watching the guys. Like I mean, it was so intense and it was you know, if I dare I say, kind of brutal music. But it was great, you know, that everybody really got into it. I mean, there was uh, and they they were received so well as well. You know, it was um, it was a joy to have both of them in there with us, even though yeah. we were supposed to have four, but unfortunately COVID called and brought us to <laughs> Once three. Again. So, yeah. yeah, but it was great. Yeah, shout out to Brigantia, we were supposed to play, but there was uh, COVID on the way, basically, on the night, so they couldn't yeah. make it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's How did that affect you, actually? Was the set longer, or did you...? Well, initially, it's like, oh, shit, you know, like, we have to deal with this now. Um, yeah. With, you know, people are coming along expecting four bands, but it actually... Is okay because they gave us more time. Okay. And we could then like have more time between uh, turnaround and stuff like that. So we right. it, was, it was a more fluid evening, so it took a bit of the pressure off then. And if a band had an extra song or something, they could play it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so that worked out okay. And 
say for someone now like yourself, Steve, the songs themselves are incredible. The musicianship, lads, is, is just off the scale. I must congratulate you on that first. Yep. Fantastic effort by all of you. Cheers. My worry then was, Steve, like I didn't know that you only had a day and a half, whatever, to do do what you did. Like, that's fucking insane. Cheers. Like, when you're up on that stage, Steve, how good is the actual sound for a singer? I don't imagine you have monitors feeding back to you. Or if you do, they're not great, probably, are they? Or what a, I think we... It. Yeah, well, I mean, we all know and love Fred's for what it is, but uh, the there was only, I think, one monitor working on the night mm-hmm. that we could, or we could get to work anyway. So okay. I think we tried to angle it so it could hit everybody. But right. I mean, f- from my perspective, I was able to hear everything that I needed to hear okay. myself. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. no, I could hear the other lads too. Like, yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's. I did well. The thing is, obviously, if you can't hear yourself when you're singing, then you're just going to go out of tune. Yeah. Yes. So at least with the instruments, they kind of have, tend to stay in tune, you know. So, um, but yeah, with the vocals, you've got to get some kind of feedback. But you know, I think it was good. The only the only issue, and and I think we found the same with the Corvona stuff, especially the earlier things. It's like you go for these low, um, I don't know, emotive pieces or something like that. Like as in low and in. in mm. Register pitch, register, yeah, um, and then that kind of gets drowned out with everything else that's going on. Mm. So, like, I believe anyway, at least while we practiced, there were some parts where I was like, the second time that verse or that refrain came along, I was like, look, I'm just going to go an octave higher. Yes, because like this is no point, because mm. you guys can't make it. Or I can barely make myself out. Mm-hmm. So it's just some stuff you have to do, and I guess that's fine because it was also like the new enough stuff, and you know, it's not like people have been listening to this for years and knew, yeah. you know, expected yeah, yeah. it to be a certain pitch or something like that. Yeah. I don't have had a problem, like, but yeah, that was all right. Well, I'm asking that is because I Dowan on the show last week and that was fascinating. I, are, are you aware of Dowan? Yep. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. Band. The yes, they did indeed. Uh, yeah. Terry Scott, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was incredible. The singer and bass player has in-ear monitors and I was just wondering is it something that you'd consider, but maybe not? I don't know. Are you playing enough gigs to warrant them? <laughs> We've thought of all sorts of things over the years. I suppose it's probably more relevant to Corona than grief, but um, just because yeah. of trying to hit all the different things and do all things different things at the same time. Mm-hmm. If we just hear ourselves singing, so we hear the other person singing, so we hear yeah. the harmonies and so on and so forth. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I one thing I'd be afraid of is it would blow my eardrum, you know, if they, <laughs> if someone really put it up high. Yes. Um, but no, we definitely thought about that, yeah. Or even pedals to boost the volume when you go low. Like just using a bit of tech just to, to help yourself mm. out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or have like a dedicated sound engineer who knows you're going for yeah. a low thing at that point. Well, like that's that's nah. a bit much to ask for, you know. Yeah. I mean, if you ideally, yeah, if you're big enough, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, you yes. get that in in Siege anyway. Oh, Siege, yeah, Siege. Yeah, you definitely would there. The sound up there is incredible. Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the album, The Crucible. I have it here on CD. And I got a free sticker as well. Cheers, lads. <laughs> Stick that in the base there behind you. No, no, no. There's a sticker wall behind me, so it'll uh, take stuff. right in nice. place there. As I said, look, it's a fantastic album. I'll just read out the spiel that you put in it. What it says is we've chosen to challenge ourselves and the listener on this album with a few longer songs and wanted to keep the tracks on Crucible engaging for the listener at the same time. We're fortunate that that we did have access to our own studio, so we are able to take our time writing and creating these songs as there are no label or commercial pressures influencing us. In fact, we have written many songs over the last few years and we look forward to releasing more music in the not-so-distant future. Who put that together? Uh, Chat GPT. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think maybe... Was it out by then? Not sure. Um... I think John put that together. Yeah, that was John. Yeah, like, yeah, that was he put together the first, the first from uh, blurb. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So, like, when you say a challenge yourselves, you can you can see straight away anyway on the first or second listen that the sound is bigger. You definitely took more. What would you say risks? Not quite risks, like, but you definitely expanded your sound and built on the the first two releases. What about it from your own point of view? Uh, maybe we'll take Steve first of all, because 
I know you were a bassist anyway, Steve, and you probably can play guitar mm-hmm. as well. Did you stay away from the musical side of it this time and just concentrate on singing and lyrics? Were you kind of, and if you did, were you happy to do that? Well, actually, this time, uh, I think during COVID, myself and Paul were back in the apartment. I'd worked out some doomy wrists, so is it not the crucible? No, it's... Temper- in Temperance Last, we incorporated yeah. a section okay. for Steve in that. Yeah, so that's some stuff that that we've gone through before and started putting together. So, yeah, so there's some guitar stuff in mm. there for me, basically. Um, but, like, other than that, we kind of did it the same okay. way as we did last time, where um, I just focus on putting the vocals together. Although this time, to be fair, um, the lads some a bit more uh, input in some ways, like uh, Paul, you did some recording. I mean, it, it's something we wanted, but also it was partially out of necessity with me being okay. unable to come back every now and then. Mm-hmm. So for, yeah. for one of, for, was it Temperance? No, it wasn't. It was... I can have all hope. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there we have more, the two of us harmonizing mm-hmm. together. But, yeah. but like in terms of the way we did compared to the last time, uh, I gave, get to have guitar riff in there and just had a better, better idea of how I wanted to do the vocals at that point. Because the very first time we recorded, first time we even practiced together for the last time around, I was just ooing and aahing, which is probably the same thing I said the last time yeah. I was on the show. So, whereas this time it's like, you know, we knew what we were doing a bit more when it came to recording anyway, like myself and John had like a comfortable enough okay. setup. So, yeah, yeah. So from, from my perspective, things didn't change yeah. too much. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, Might be different yeah. for Karen's but um i'm fortunate enough in that i'm working with you know great musicians that are constantly writing i don't know how they keep going there's so much material there you know that we already had writings paul beforehand and already you know there were more songs in the background that were coming through even with this now even with the crucible that we have nine tracks on that and there's still another i don't know how many there's like 11 more tracks or something in the background that are floating around that we've kind of dabbled with and have some basic tracks laid down already uh, to work on for the future. But I mean, the lads are constantly going, Paul and Steve and John uh, with Faroon and Corbona. So they're constantly working on stuff like that. So I'm fortunate enough to be in a position to stay back and let them work on what they want. I know what they want and I'm happy enough to work along with that. And if there's any little additions that I can maybe you know, suggest or something like that, that I will will put them in. And I have no problem, you know, saying, taking criticism or, you know, saying, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. Or, yeah, yeah, sure, that's great. Um, so, yeah, I suppose, I mean, that's that's my my, my main contribution is just to be able to let the lads yes. do their work um, and, and hopefully work in with their their yeah. stuff. Well, to be fair, actually, you you did provide some really good lyrics um, for I Can't I did a Hope, little actually. Bit, a little bit. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I kind of like, Mixed it around just to fit in, but the body of it was there. Yeah. So the agony well, was true. there. Yeah. Which song was that, I, I Steve? I can't all hope. I can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually, right. okay. yeah, track three, that, that has so three, yeah. actually quite a yeah. bit vocally then. So the three of us have some level of contribution. We're here. That's true. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Paul, yourself? What did I find different this time? Yeah, and again, just the expanding of your sound. Yeah, I think we kind of honed in a little bit more. Like, uh, I know mm. um, some of the stuff I had in the first one had almost a black element to it. Um, um, yeah. We've kind of, it, that's kind of gone from the new one. Um, it's just, it's got more of a grief feel to it, whatever that is. You know, we kind of know more now, the sound is. Yeah. And I think, uh, like John's been tipping away now in the studio above, and he's got a really good idea of what the sound is now. Um, so work work it sounds just sounds beefier I think it's it's just a beefier sound mm-hmm. overall that really suits it because it's slow and heavy um it get, when it gets yeah. a little bit faster it's only made pace you know uh, it really suits it overall um so I think that it makes get more confident with like it all you, you know just just know where we're going with it like yeah there's definitely yeah. that to it you can hear that like because it's mm-hmm. melodic it's melancholic and you know there's this kind of sense of beauty about it as well. In a, in a lot of ways, you know, and that comes through the music and obviously the best Steve yep. is singing it. Like the creative process, you know, writing words and music for this can sometimes feel, you'd often hear it, like musicians would be straight up saying, look, it's like a fucking labor sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like in, in other ways, then 
some would say it's almost spiritual. Mm. Would you experience even spirituality making this type of music, lads? I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, yeah, I think so. At times, like the creative process can be absolutely amazing and it can be extremely yeah. difficult as well. You just said both. Go from one end to the other. But there's nothing like it when it's flowing. Yeah, yeah flow, for sure. Like I said, for example, is I, what songs I've written, I put them in there. And I'm used to doing my own vocals and stuff, but I just leave them to Steve. And Steve comes up with this amazing stuff over top of it. And that feels great, you know. Yeah. Like he's telling a story over it. Like, And you've yeah. got the notes in the, in the guitar and stuff. But he's giving you words. Like, so that feels quite spiritual, I suppose, yeah. Because then you hear it's like what the story yeah. is, you know, to this thing you've written. So, yeah, that's what I'd yeah. say there. I, I think that's great, mm. like with the... You know, and that you you start just with the, your basic riffs and the music that goes into the background, and then Steve obviously has the, the idea of the story that he wants to bring to it, and that adds to the music. And then I think that kind of whole atmosphere comes together when the sound, uh, when the the music is brought together with the lyrics, and then that kind of uh, enables you to to kind of polish it off I suppose in the general feel of how the music goes you know that when you're when you're mixing it or when you're you know um whatever you want to do with up. the music yeah. and you can add little bits to it here and there that you might not have thought of to get yeah, yeah. A, bit, a bit more depth I suppose you know yeah depth yes I'll try this to you Paul that your relationship with melody and harmony is it complex when Writing music for a doom infused band is—is is it complex? Like the actual level of musicianship, yeah. but um, yeah, it can be if you want it to be, you know. Um, would mm-hmm. you like? Like, how do yourself and John work with that in relation to the melody and the harmony? Um, because as you said, it was more black and there was an element of that, a, a small bit, you know. It was a different style yeah, of doom. But it's yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. I'd say... Like, is it a complex relationship as a guitarist, you know, to, to decide when? It definitely just comes to decide when. I think we know more now when to have it more simplistic. I'd say that's a thing that's happened in this release is that... That's a yeah, skill, isn't yeah, it, yeah. in itself? A, yes. A, a complex much. riff or a simple riff can be good or bad, you know? It, but it's very hard to write a simple riff, well, uh, because it's been done yeah. a million times, you know? Like, it's very hard to have an original riff mm. that's that simple. But uh, I think we've been at this for years anyway so you kind of know like uh if it's complex it should be for a reason you know so you've got like a really cool harmony or, or a good uh counterpoint or something like that going on um yeah. i think at times there's some songs in there from that i've written that are more complex and i really like it um mm-hmm. and then i'm quite happy with just some simple straight up heavy catchy riffs that are in there too so i'm yeah overall yeah. i think overall a little simpler this time but there still is complex moments in there yeah, and can you talk maybe for John in relation to how he'd approach those thoughts? Um, Are you similar enough as guitarists, we'll say? No, I'd say John's very good at uh, get, honing in on those um, uh, simpler, catchy riffs and stuff. I think uh, okay. my thing over the years is like trying to not overcomplicate things, you know, because I like to think of <laughs> okay. control too much stuff or something, there's no point, you know. Um, yeah. So I'd say... Yeah, we, we have different styles, yeah. Like uh, John's songs are drop D, for example. And I, I'm concert pitch. That's just the way we learned it to play. And that means that the riffs are different, okay. you know. And you come up with different notes. So you yes. could hear it in the sound, like there's something slightly different going on, if, if you don't know what it is. But uh, that mm-hmm. definitely gives a difference to the sound. Um, and maybe in structure, like I, I've definitely simplified the structures this time, but they to be a bit more um, structure-wise. I think uh, John is very good at just cutting, giving it down to something more simple, like you know. So, hmm. and marrying that then, Steve, with your vocal performance is some is that sometimes it's difficult. It can be. Um, it can look out. Can you name any tracks off the album that you struggled with in relation to? So the struggle is that, like, if the, if the song has some complexity to it. Like it works both ways in both scenarios when it's complex and when it's it's simplistic because if it's simplistic then you're kind of like okay well i'll just sing the same thing here again and again and then i'm like how am i supposed to inject something to this to make it kind of jump out for me because i want to enjoy this yes. right but then if it's mm. in another way then that that when it's simple it gives space for the vocals to do some epic stuff you know so to, to put it yeah. maybe front and center or something like that so but then when it's complex um you don't want to 
take too much mm. from what else is going on with the music with your vocals. Yeah. Um, but then yes. it makes it easier to kind of structure the song for vocals because there's very clear changes, you know, motifs going through it that you can just latch onto and go, okay, this is cool. I'm going to do something over this. Or I'm going to harmonize with this. Okay. So it, 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 the creative yeah. process is absolutely fucking cool to when you get down to it. Like, um, but it can be tough that way as well. So like I think we were saying earlier, just that you can be, it can be a head wrecker, but then when you catch like something very cool, um, then you can just go with it. Like this, if there were a few moments when we recorded where we needed some more vocals in there and I had prepared nothing. So I just went off and like gestated in the corner for a bit while, uh, you know, John and Paul were chatting and I'm up like, right, I've got something here and go with it and then iron it out. Yeah. Like, so the, all that stuff is just really cool. It's just a thing to experience, you know, yeah. this, this flow mm. basically. Um, because you can't go wrong either when you're recording, like, well, unless it's just bad to begin with or you're out of tune or something, but you know, you have time to go back and, and play with it and, and we have time out. as well because uh, it's in our own time we've done this, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. that's true. And that's, that's important. True. Very true. That's important, really, isn't it? That's a key element to to yeah. this uh, the construction of this album. Yeah, right? yeah. That you had the time. You weren't under pressure, especially Steve's, since you're not even in the country. No, I know you can do it remotely and stuff, but not quite still, the same. Um, would you agree with that, Karen? Uh, I think so. Yeah. The more time, the better. Uh, yeah, it can be. I mean, there's there's obviously you want to put some kind of a limit on yourself you know, in getting stuff yeah. out there because you have ideas you want yeah. to push and you want to get the music out there while while the attention is still there, maybe coming off the back of the last one that you want to, you know, work on that and making sure that people are, are aware that you're still working on things and get things out as well. So you want to put a, a bit of a limit on yourself as well um, to get things done. But we do have that freedom, um, not just because we live hundreds of miles or thousands of miles apart from each other and that we have our own time to do these things, but we're not all stuck in a rehearsal room for weeks or months on end working on things that we have our own ideas and we just come with them yeah. and, and meet up every so often um, and bring what's there, whether it's, whether it's the music or the lyrics and, um, and bring them all together and see what we can mash up with those. But generally, I think it's great that like Paul will have a lot of stuff and he'll have almost complete songs that he'll record away in his own. And John will do the same and Steve will record some um, some lyrics as well, you know, in the background. Uh, and that all kind of comes together and you pass on all these notes to everyone. And we just take our time to, to study and, and work through them. And if we ever get an occasion, whether it's myself and Paul heading down to John's, you know, just to work through those things and Steve, Steve um, zooms in and has a watch, you know, just to see how we're doing. Yeah. Um, but it's great. <laughs> <laughs> on the big screen and, too. And the lads can send, send stuff to me and I can work on it on my, my own here mm. and the lads can work on their own as well. So that when you're ready, you know, we just head to John's or whatever we do and then um, work away. So it's fine. We're not in a rush or a panic. There's nobody on our backs yeah. pushing us to get it out, yes. except for ourselves, um, which is fine. And, you know, if we ever feel like we need to push something, then we just, you know, send a WhatsApp. Let's do something. Okay, let's go. Um, yeah. And that's yeah, how yeah. it works. And it's fine. And it suits us fine as well, I think. Mm. It works yeah. for me, yeah. Like this music, along with some of my favorite albums, is is extraordinary in its capacity to completely alter us on a an emotional level. I find, um, especially you know when you're on your own, listen to it on the headphones, you know, in your own private world. The mysterious act of creation and our relationship with particular songs, you know, everything seems to change when you listen to them when you're on your own. So how does it feel for you to to experience that? Like you mean, like in general? Uh, in general, and then talking about yeah. your own stuff, obviously as well. I totally get what you mean, and uh, yeah, it's a very special feeling enjoying uh, experiencing music by by yourself. Yeah, um, mm. I don't know. I I feel really proud of the music we make and I'd say the same for the other bands I'm in and uh, I find it very, it's just a very spiritual experience hearing stuff. Um, it's, uh, 
I mean, you get you overhear it then, and you don't want to hear it again for a while, basically. But uh, yeah, once, yeah, okay. so, yeah that's yeah. fair enough. Yeah. But you know, when you get the first mix in, for example, or first master in, I'd love it. I mean, listening yeah. through it for errors and stuff, but you're just really enjoying it. You know, why am anyway? And I, I've heard from other people mm. that maybe they don't feel the same. But um, that, that's my take, and anyway, I really enjoy going through mixing and stuff. Yeah, and. And that's what I'm saying here, like, because your music moves me emotionally. It's, you know, it's, it just brings me to a different Very place cool. altogether. And it's to your eternal credit Cheers, that you're Cheers, able to man. do that. Thank you. Yeah. So, Steve, I'll throw that to you. Is there any particular song there out of that album that you just found? Wow. <laughs> it's, it's. Here's on the back of the neck yeah, moment yeah. or whatever. When it's completed, as, as Paul said. Like, I mean, there's a couple of moments, like. It's kind of yeah. like it, it happens whenever like the next iteration of something appears, as Paul mm. said. Like we we'd obviously be very similar, and you know, maybe not everybody has this interaction with their own music, but I'm quite happy to have that where you listen and you're like, yeah. uh, you know, you just completely zone out. You're like, this is fucking great, and your mind can just do whatever, and it's just a very kind of comfortable uh, place to be in, I suppose. But um, there's a couple of moments that kind of. Uh, were interesting for me this time because like say for yeah i kind of all hope paul's putting vocus over that and there were touch-ups i wasn't aware of so then i was getting these things coming okay. in and i was like okay that's really yes. cool and then that meant that i could right. i could kind of mull on that and i went to record the heavy vocals was the last thing i did i did it over here i have some of the equipment so then i put that some of that mm -hmm. stuff down but then put some clean harmonies just to see if it worked and it did work really well so there's this kind of yeah, I mean, I don't know how to put it. Just get, getting this kind of iterative part where you're getting, okay, that just sounds really cool. It feels really cool to listen to it again because it's fresh in your mind, it seems, or the feeling from it is new because there's some new element to it, basically. Mm -hmm. But there's all the songs had their moments to shine in my ears, I suppose. I don't know if that's really the right way to put it. But, um, you know, yeah. to, to to play in my ears, like... Um, and I went, yeah, exactly, because we had to go through and check them all, that you, you took the time to listen to each one of them and then kind of give it a good listen to. But then also just kind of forgot you were listening to it for any kind of critical purpose. And it's like, this is mm -hmm. fucking great, you know? <laughs> yeah. This is me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is yeah. what we did. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to play a disenthrall. Very good. And uh, maybe talk about that then afterwards.
so that was Disenthrall there, everybody. And that was the, was that the first single, lads, was it? Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. First single, yeah. Yeah, okay. How did that one get picked? Was there one or two candidates? I would have picked another one or two there as well, but I'm just interested to see what was the talk about um, Disenthrall that made it the first single. Um, the, the first maybe two because tracks. of the energy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the first two. two tracks, there was a discussion, I think, because they're the more immediate songs. So you're going to pick a single you want, someone's okay. going to catch people's ear with some really yes. good hooks from Steve. Mm-hmm. So then it was down mm-hmm. to, um, I think that is a faster start. That's what I was suggesting, wasn't it? It was because uh, it, it gets there quicker, like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think the other one, the lyrics kick in like a minute and 10 seconds or something after it. So, yes. you know, so we okay. get more immediacy yes. with everything popping up straight away. Yeah. 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 The thing about writing a good song is that it tells you something about yourself you don't already know. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Yeah, that would be a really good song. Yep. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Like the good song is always rushing forward, you know, it reduces to some degree the songs that you previously written because you're moving forward the whole time. I think that's very much the case with G as a band. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I get you. What, what are your thoughts on that? You, you mean like uh, the more... The, the stuff you've create, you're creating more things, and then they they're building upon what you had before. That's what you're getting at, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're pushing yeah. forward. What I'm trying to say is, you're not dwelling on old songs, you know. And no. like, if you write a new song, it's telling you something about yourself that you don't already if you know. Put the effort in. I think. Ideally. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I don't, yeah, I don't think people yeah. want to like. Well, okay, it depends on their situation, but. I don't think any of us wants to be writing the same thing again, basically. So, or to be telling the same story again, because it's just not, uh, it's not interesting. Like, well, there's more I could say about this, like around the lyrics, but like, you know, th- if you're trying to express something and you know, you've done a good job before, why say it again? Mm. Though some bands fall into that trap, Steve, you know, they, they don't kind they're of- They're highly successful too. And fast enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. There's that as well. Yeah, I guess that's one thing about the music is that like some stuff like their disenthrall hits you immediately, but I think well like definitely for myself and Paul and the stuff that we've worked on with other bands in this band, uh we don't want to like just go for anything simple, like safe. Repetitive, safe. Yes, safe. Mm-hmm. So like where's the fun in that? Like like try something new here, you know. Um, build yeah. something new and build from what you know from before like without repeating it let's say or build from the same mistake don't make the same mistakes that kind of thing you yeah. know mm-hmm. yeah that's like that's what I mean like just keep moving forward really yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so by the time you get these songs onto the stage they've grown mm-hmm. immensely in an emotional stature first of all so it's kind of this beautiful upward journey to write songs and then they're suddenly amplified on stage. What's that feeling like for you to have got that gig behind you now and and to get the audience reaction in Fred's that night? Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the, the few gigs we played there for bands since COVID, like the, the, the energy has been unreal. Like it's just been so cool. Yeah. And uh, like you said, you Steve said, we never really played a lot of these songs live at all. So it was just so enjoyable. Like you're two, three songs at a set, and you're like, oh yeah, looking down at the set list, like that to play all these, yes, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. the different ones. <laughs> um, could have played for longer. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could stay yeah. up there. Yeah, uh, for sure. Mm. I'm sure, lads, felt the same. What's your feelings on that, Karen? Yeah, I think I mean recorded those songs, working in the studio the whole time, then to find that amplified feeling. Well, it's fantastic. I mean, because you're there from the bones of it. Right until you get up there to to bring it to the audience. Now you already already have a kind of um an idea from from the music that has been released already. You're getting that feedback, and everybody has their yes. opinion. Everybody, you know, you're going to get mm. good and maybe not so good, but for the most part, it has been you know really good. I think that people have really enjoyed it. It seems, and then to bring it to the stage and to see, you know, the 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 crowd inside there really getting into it and getting the getting the appreciation after you come down from stage and people approaching you it's it, it's a fantastic feeling and I, I think because it is all come from yourself you know and yes. and that to see what you've created 
being appreciated and enjoyed, you know, and, and to, to to kind of play on on an emotional level for people is is really um, fantastic. It it really it feeds back into the group and it kind of drives you on further, you know, to to push yeah. it to see where where else we can bring it to. And I think that, that's the yes. same with any kind of artistic endeavor in the in that. Once yeah. you start, you get your foundations going, and when you have it up on d- display, and you can see the appreciation in there, you know it's um it's worth all the effort. I'm not going to say it's worth the money because there's never any money there because <laughs> we do never it for is. the love of it. You <laughs> yeah. know, all of us know yeah. it. we do it for the love of it, and when we get that love back, mm-hmm. then it, it's worth every yeah. minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's good validation in a way. To yeah. be fair, you know. Yeah. Oh, the, the other yeah, nice little point on that, though, what? is that, like, just touching back on the fact that we didn't really play much together at all, then that was the first time playing those songs live. The first time, it was almost the first time. It was still sinking in from the night before. Oh, we've got these songs. We all play together now. So that experience was almost yes. shared with the audience, as in, like, okay, yeah. what's, the, what's the reaction or what's the effect going to be from us having this part? Or, like, like, the, I don't know, for, for one part there where I, I've decided to absolutely scream my head off, which seems to might have come a bit random in a crucible. Like, what's the audience reaction when half people probably don't know that song yet? You know? And then yeah. coming for, going forward, then it'll be different once you're used to the songs. So at least mm-hmm. because it was an album launch, you, you have that extra special um, curiosity or, or and, and a whole crowd to have. All pulling be... for you as well. Yeah. Oh, that, that makes a huge yeah, difference. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. to be looking down at all these smiling faces that you can <laughs> kind yeah. of joke with and stuff, you know. Yeah. So big difference. Yeah, and big it also it, it kind of translate it. What comes across on the stage as well when you're in the middle of something, and you know you can feel that it's going well or what have you. You know, you get to certain bits in the song, and you look across to the other lads, or you get hit by a cymbal behind you and the drums, <laughs> and you just. You just get it. You can smile at each other and say, "Yeah, it's going, it's going well. We're enjoying." That's yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, That's I was watching stuff. you, Paul, yeah. in particular, especially um, the harmonies you were doing with Steve. You were smiling away yeah. at yourself, delighted that that they they were coming yeah. off well. You know, I could see that in you. Yeah, I I, I love playing live, and um, it probably comes yeah. across my face yeah. It's just really, really enjoyable. Like, uh, and I love singing too. So, like, I was saying, I was when we were jamming, I was doing a bit of singing to help the lads out before Steve could turn up. And I was like, his lines yeah. are so cool, you know. Just really, really enjoy joining in. Like, okay. <laughs> there is a story behind the Crucible. It's up to you to share it, Steve, with us or not. I, <laughs> even just going by the lyrics, I should have even going for by this. the lyrics that I was following it. It's an incredible journey for one character. But what intrigues me, and I hadn't enough time to to check it out, is this character story echoed in any other songs in the previous two EPs? I'd say it's only echoed in that in the previous work that there's this. So I I have this kind of um, overarching push for figuring things out i think it's a personal thing but same for everybody else so like this person is trying to figure out where they stand mm-hmm. in the world and it, there's been songs like that before like like you know the ascent had some uh lyrics that way as in like kind of finding yourself or struggling yeah. through something in defiance had it too and in this scenario um i mean i like i actually nearly wrote a short story for the lads just to explain because I'm like I know we can't put the song in this order because at this point okay. he's doing this thing and they're like what the fuck yeah. is he talking about like so <laughs> we're thinking musically like and he's thinking okay. the narrative of how to yeah yeah which yeah. was like with with the first um, yeah the two EPs and then sticking together in Horizons Fall that didn't exist it was still more mm-hmm. like a theme that was running through whereas here there was what probably was so enjoyable about it, like uh, writing, writing the lyrics is that there was like, okay, I want a narrative, but then to fit a theme, you know, these things will happen and then there's something to sing about that still has this like struggle and then release or something mm-hmm. terrible happening, this kind of stuff. Like, so, I mean, will I attempt to explain you the can story? can indeed. Or... There's an important part, I reckon, in it. It'll turn out I to know, be not important go. at all. Uh, no, go on. <laughs> Through fire and rain, where the character meets this, it is a woman, but I don't know, is it symbolism for something else as well? Is that a, is that a crucial part? Because it seems to have, she has a huge effect on the character. 
Yeah, I, I mean, okay. there's two parts to this, I suppose. I mean, he talks about uh, being safe mm -hmm. in the mountains and having found someone yeah. who loves them and stuff. And I also happen to live next to a mountain. I've moved somewhere with somebody who loves me. So, you know, that's that's <laughs> okay. the obvious one, right? And that definitely was one of the, um, you know, I mean, it's a love song, right? So, you know, uh, I had to pull from my own experiences as in everything in life. But uh, for this particular guy, um, okay, let's just do it briefly. Um, so this, this character, uh, he's ripped into this existence by some, let's say, a selfish God that wants to create things in his own image in a world where he can't create anything. So he's just creating these constructs and uh, he's made a perfect being in his eyes. And then he doesn't care about this being at all, just the fact that it's perfect and he wants to make more of them. So this guy escapes and then wanders to a world where he doesn't look like other people and he has no frame of reference as how to act or treat people or do anything like that. So he has to learn how to uh, exist in the world and all the norms and stuff like that from scratch. And at the point, the kind of the turning point then is when he meets somebody who sees him for more than what he looks like or whatever the case may be. And then, uh, yeah, they, they fall in love and stuff happens. And then unfortunately in the next song, she ends up being burned to a crisp, but like, you know, so we have to have some kind of story and up and down, like, so my partner is not burned to a crisp. She's in the other room. So it's all and good. And then the war happens. <laughs> yes. The war happens. Yes. There has to be a war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think one of the small things just on that is that with this, this whole narrative in that, now, people can and do read into these things as mm. what they want yeah. to get out of it. But I think that it's it's an open yeah. enough story and that people can take their own mm. stories and put it into the lyrics that Steve comes up with, you know, that they have their own struggles with, you know, fitting in in, in their worlds as things change and stuff like that, which is, which is nice that people can relate to that as well. And it's not so... The music isn't so intense, you know, in that that kind of You're right, takes actually, over yes. from, mm. from the lyrics, which is great. That the, that's the thing that I enjoy, I suppose, most about this kind of this genre of music, I suppose, and the yeah. melodic doom kind of music, and that it's easy, but it's it's heartfelt yeah. as well, so that you can you can ride along with it nicely without having to, you know without any blast beats, you know, distracting Even you from it, which is, which is nice, I think. Just relax. <laughs> you can drive your car safely with this kind of music, you know. In the speed limit, yeah. yeah. Okay. Don't go. Okay, I'm going to play the actual yeah. title track now, The Crucible, and we'll just wind it down after that. Okay, here we go. Now that you're gone I did a sweet heart Sequence. Is that I'm free to wander, to gather and to grow? To now accept the burden our people have bestowed. I am the one they call the icon. Yeah, that section of the song sums up a lot of the album there. It has a, every 
part in it. And even yeah. the the debt vocals, Steve, did you have much fun playing around with them? Or how were you going to portray it, maybe? Were you thinking of going deeper or were you happy enough? Was there any debate in relation to those debt growls? Um, I think there was from before in like when we first started doing stuff, I was like, how am I going to settle down mm -hmm. with these vocals? You know, I tried different things with uh, Carvona, a bit of stuff with Soothsayer. So um, like what things suited me best. And I seem to be, have always tended a bit towards um, that kind of roar, I suppose, roar growl. I'm not sure what mm -hmm. you call it exactly. Um, but this time around, I was like, I'll look, I'll throw in some kind of, scream or something you know to get going but it's uh, it had to be something that was sustainable as well that uh and, and yes. we proved that it was sustainable because like i i did it in john's place and he's like that was a great take to another eight times there now and then we yes. do that all day like so you know it had it had to work and so it kind of ironed out um but one thing i find is that like you have to be quite comfortable with what you're planning on doing like you can't just come in and with heavy vocals and like the clean singing and just go i'm just going to try whatever because that won't work as well you you like you fall apart a little bit or at least for me so you know and you won't have the same power behind it because yes. you'll be uncertain so or at least with singing you're not going to you you know you're not going to do any damage yourself yeah you get it wrong yeah. like. but in the live entity oh. that's that's where it comes to the fore really isn't it yeah yeah exactly so I don't know if that was the best scream I did there in Fred's a few weeks ago, but uh, we'll have time to practice now in the next couple yes. of gigs. So we get to that. I just want to talk a small bit about Pat's review of the album. I just took out a little section of it there, and I think it sums it up nicely. Um, he says, with nine tracks to mourn and lament upon, the grief have really taken the next step in songwriting and are delivering it with all the splendor and grandeur that this genre of music thrives upon always melodic and always striving forward with its emotionally charged atmospherics. Crucible is a minefield of clever chord progressions and subtle key changes that keep the music flowing. And even though it's structurally doom-based, there's more nuances buried deep within that keep you enthralled and locked in. It's quite a good synopsis, isn't it, of the album, lads? Yeah, it's good. You got enthralled in there too. You did. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a great review, yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. Now that you bring it up, gigs, I know that you have, is the next one then Darkest Error with the Grief Brigantia in yep. Dolan's? Yep. Okay. And yes, yeah, that's the um, 22nd. 22nd of December. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's Friday so. before Christmas, I think. Yeah. Okay. Let's just check that now. These Friday gigs are killing me for coming home. <laughs> Let's have a Saturday gig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm off that day, but I'm in work the next day. Oof. Possibly, possibly. Ah, sure. Well, actually, because in February, you're another hometown oh, yeah. gig. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's, that's the Urban Assault. Shout out to Danny and John for organizing yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. It's with Abaddon Incarnate, Morning Beloved, Strangleware, Astorian Vigil, and Farun. That's going to be epic. Yep, it's a savage lineup, yeah. It is. Yeah, definitely. You'll see a lot of old heads um... at that as well, which would be cool. <laughs> yeah. They tend to come back for certain gigs, don't they, lads? Yeah, yeah. We won't name names, yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> there is a few of them out there. Yeah, the Kushkin is cool for gigs, or Kushkin, Spalteen is cool for gigs. Oh, it's going way far back imagine. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kushkin. <laughs> There's a blast from the past, Paul. Jesus. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is it apartments yet? Or do oh, turn into apartments now, I think, yeah, unfortunately. It's, it's still so, there as such. Yeah. When I, I've been passed around a month ago, shed it here and kept walking. Yeah. Yeah. So they're the two gigs at the moment that you have announced. And obviously that's down to your schedule as well, Steve, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's just a lot of stuff going on during the year. So we really have to like pick and choose when we do stuff. But I think that just works because it's what we do anyway. It's not like this is a band where we're all in early 20s. Exactly. And like getting, I don't know, like it's like some kind of bad relationship where we feel bad about doing stuff with each other and have to do stuff every week and things mm -hmm. like that. No, everybody knows what's going on in their own lives. Yeah. So, you know, and everybody's happy to. And as well, like um, we're all in a bunch of different bands and like mm -hmm. Barry's and a couple too, right? So... We have to see what fits, yeah. but uh, I don't think we'll it'll be our last gig that year. We'll have more. I'd yeah, say. I'm sure if there was a siege invitation came your way. Yep. 
Yeah, I, I definitely make a back for that. Jeez. Yeah, that's nice to hear. That's nice to hear. Yep. So there's uh, merch for sale on the band camp as well. You brought out another colourful range of T-shirts. There's there's plenty <laughs> of merch up there. There's lovely socks as well. If anyone has cold feet this this winter. <laughs> Brilliant so, stuff. Co- cover, yeah. So check out the Grief's band camp page. Uh, future plans for the Grief. Basically, you have what you have announced gig-wise. I've got a feeling that there's probably four or five songs in the locker as well that you can tip away at over the next year or so, as in 2024. We've we plenty of songs, plenty of material. Okay. It's kind of more around toning them down mm-hmm. to, to what, we'll, what we'll do with them. But there should be not such a long wait okay. for the next recording, I think, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. that's good news. And um, but there should be definitely another couple of gigs through the year as well. Yeah. So watch the space. They're the current plans anyway. Just briefly from the depths entertainment is it's a hybrid record label. Um, How did that come about? Uh, Um, That's from us like absolutely spamming the shit out of people. Okay. So, you know, basically we, we I think over, I don't know how many years of trying to, you know, get contacts and stuff like that. The lads had found a couple of different um, sources. And uh, for all those stuff, I put it all together and used my mad magic data science skills to stick it all together and drop the duplicates and uh, then fire those emails off. So we just basically got a couple of responses pretty, pretty quickly. And that was one of them from the depths. So I know we were reading it going like, actually, this sounds interesting. Like mm-hmm. uh, there's no contract as such with them it's just like you pay and they support you and they give you advice and stuff like that so it's it, it just seemed to really be what we were all looking for i think you know. it's hybrid labels so it's more promotion than yes. a traditional label so it's kind of what people are looking for these days you know where are they based lads especially um uh, north america long, oh okay I, yeah, I thought they were Europe. all right okay no, yeah, yeah. i think they have some representatives in europe but they're mostly north america now right very good yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think I was looking into them. But, I mean, if they're if they're listening, I'm sorry if that's wrong. Send <laughs> <laughs> me a text and I'll edit it out, Steve. <laughs> okay, lads. So that's it. Um, shout out to John, who didn't make it tonight, and Barry also, the drummer. Yeah. Um, is he going to be mainstay with you? You won't be looking for drummers if there is gigs Are coming you- through. Uh, he's playing with the next few gigs. Oh, anyway. that's great. And uh, it goes after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. So, once again, lads, congratulations on a fantastic album. It's definitely going to be in my top five for 2023, unless something mad comes in the next week <laughs> or two. I wouldn't write it off yet. There's enough releases coming out there, lads. The Irish metal there scene has a... never been so healthy in a long, long time. And um, you're adding to it, lads. We're delighted to have you around and contributing some incredible music to the scene so Stephen, Paul and Karen, thanks a million for coming on the show thanks for cheers for it's amazing thanks yeah, and crucially everybody support your local metal scene thank you thank you